1: Hey there, sleepyheads. We're here doing the Sleepy Hollow After Show. Oh yeah, you know what time it is. You just watched Sleepy Hollow, and now you want to talk about it, or listen to some fun people talk about it. This is episode 110, The Golem. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me tonight, uh, unfortunately, Jackie Borowski could not be here tonight. She uh, is busy rehearsing for a lovely play, which if you're in the LA area, you should totally go to this January. But instead, we do have the fabulous Miss Joyce Jury joining us from the Marvel's agency shield show welcome
2: thank you hello everybody
1: yes and we have steven lemieux as always hey guys good to be back two
2: weeks
3: later
1: i know i'm so like it was it sucked that we were gone but now we're back and we're happy and all yeah you know there was some anguish over being gone and now we we get to make up for that with an extra special show for an extra special episode and then we get to go again for another month yes uh (laughs) which like thank you fox but you know hey It's just a sign of how much we love this show that it stinks that we have to wait a whole month for more episodes, uh, especially this late into the season. But that's a a topic for another time. So we have – actually, we have a very special interview tonight. One of the coven, one of the four who speak as one, uh, is going to be joining us tonight, Uh, Miss Carrie Ann Hunt. uh, We're going to get her on the line. But first, I just I just want to get your impressions, guys, on this episode. I thought – it was uh, it was great. It was I was glad to see John Noble back. We got we actually have carry on. Oh, we have on carry on right now. Cool. Carry on. You there? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hi. How Hi. are you? I'm good.
4: How are you? Great. Uh, Doing well,
1: great job on the episode. It was it was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Do you enjoy <laughs> making it as much as we enjoyed watching it?
4: I did. It was a lot of fun. Uh,
1: so when did you when did you shoot this episode?
4: Oh, gosh. Um, I was up there for about two weeks. We had a lot of pre-production stuff, like getting fit for the contacts and those wonderful teeth and oh, yeah. costume <laughs> fittings and all that stuff.
1: Now, were so, were, you four, were you the same ones who were in uh, Abby's Vision a few episodes back, or did you just get cast for this episode specifically?
4: Uh, we are not those four girls. I guess those would technically be our photo doubles. Okay,
1: that's cool. So we
4: got cast after that episode.
1: Okay, so um, now I, I heard, we, we got like some uh, a briefing, basically, uh, that you had a lot to tell us about the practical effects. I thought that your, your teeth and like the eyes and everything were just so awesome and super creepy. Really
2: badass. Kind of makes <laughs> me want it to be my Halloween costume for next year.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really, that's one thing I love about the show is that there's so many practical effects, and it really makes an impact, I think, on, well, me as an actress, for one thing, seeing, you know, the other girls in their makeup and really feeling like I've actually made this transformation instead of having to imagine everything, it's right there.
3: Sure. Yeah. Um. So I have We're- a question. Yeah, Stephen. Um, so, carry on. I got to ask, because it seems like, Everything is so humanized in the show, like the witches, like Katrina looks normal. Did they give you any background to why the four who speak as one had their teeth and everything so crazy like that? Was it just because of immortality or like, what's the deal well, with that? Well,
4: when you've been alive for that long, your teeth don't hold up too well.
1: <laughs> right. So they naturally become, become pointy. And
3: mm-hmm. ridiculously scary. Yeah.
1: Because rotting
4: and and Grody, yeah. So
1: it's not because you feast on the flesh of small animals or or people.
4: No, I'm actually a vegetarian. Okay. <laughs> are
3: the, are the, so the the
1: four who do you eat speak as one? for all four who eat as one?
4: <laughs> well, that was um, that was just a really fun thing about it was sort of being able to have a character because a lot of times sometimes it's a one you know a, a character that you may only see on one episode. Sure. Sometimes you don't get that rich amount of history, but we had so much, you know, being part of Katrina's coven and and being responsible for banishing her and murdering their son and and still being alive and sort of hiding out in this carnival. You know, just very, a lot to dig into.
3: Well, there's always a danger when you know too much because they can't tell you too much. So it kind of means, hey, you know a lot. Let's kill you. So it just makes it seem like they'll never find out that information. And in this, I mean, the four who speak is one. They kind of... They they kicked the bucket fairly quickly after we met them, kind of.
4: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Right, because really. it happens
3: off camera. That was actually my next question
1: was, do we know for sure that you four are deceased?
4: I, I don't know. Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> I really don't know.
1: Well, no one stays dead for long in Sleepy Hollow.
4: That's true. There's a, a lot of um, coming back to life going
2: on. <laughs> I want to know I don't so. know if uh, the four speakers won. I don't know if there was already a lore established about them like, you know, in real life, but I want to know if there is and if there isn't what kind of research or what kind of, you know, steps did you have to take to prepare for that role.
4: Um, there's not, as far as I know, there's not any specific lore about them. When I first got the script, um, it's kind of interesting the way that I auditioned because they had all of the lines put together as if it were just one witch one on one with Ichabod because auditioning in fragments would have been crazy. Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so so um, when I first read it though, and I knew that there were going to be four of us, and Ichabod's coming and there's this prophecy and all this stuff involved, the first thing I thought of was Macbeth. Yeah. Okay. It feels to a lot on. like that to me. And um I'm some of my background I'm classically trained for Shakespeare. And so it really just kind of immediately clicked into me and I love if I could do fantasy stuff like this for the rest of my life I would be super happy. So I really like I love all the magical stuff anyway and so it just kind of made sense to me. Yeah.
1: And you uh you have a production company that's working on a fantasy series, am I right?
4: That's true. Um, I just started it with my, uh, she's one of my best friends, and she's also my business partner now, Lindsay Archer, who's a um, wonderful visual artist, as mm-hmm. well as a writer. And we're working on a high fantasy series that we have in development right now. So, um, and our production company is called Artemis Rising Productions.
1: Artemis Rising Productions, and they can, uh, people can find that at com slash Artemis Rising Productions. Um, yes. I just want to ask you really quickly about what it was like working with Tom Myson um, and the uh, the director. Uh, just what was it like shooting, and and how were they as people?
4: Everybody was amazing. I have to say um, a little bit of I guess personal stuff for me. I lost my mother while we were filming. I'm
1: oh, yeah. so sorry.
4: Yeah. So this episode means a lot to me because it was like one of the most awesome things in my life, and then this this tragedy, but everybody that was part of that production was so supportive and wonderful. They treated me just like family. And it felt everybody was just really down to earth. They all worked as a team. Nobody seemed overly stressed out. Nobody was yelling at anybody. You know, like um, Tom came in and did. We had a rehearsal, and Tom was right there for rehearsals, and so was the director. And it just sort of felt, it was nice. It didn't feel like, it sort of felt like, you know, we were all in this together, because we are and we were just all a, a nice group of artists working together and it was really an ideal situation especially considering what i was going through i was so grateful to be in a situation where i was so well supported
1: absolutely That's awesome to hear yeah um Carrie, yeah, awesome. yeah. I just uh, <laughs> first of all, I just want to give you uh, our deepest condolences. Um, you oh, know, that's you. obviously something very, very difficult. And I, I want to thank you for uh, taking your time to come on our show and talk about our favorite show. Um, oh yeah, thank
4: you for having me. It's really exciting.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I again, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Any other last um, thoughts about the episode now that you've seen it or uh, memories from set that you want to tell us about? <laughs>
4: Well, it's really um, something really kind of fun is that when we did the episode originally, we didn't have those monster voices. Sure. And then we came back and re-recorded, and we had to re-record for one because with those teeth in our mouth, we had a list. (laughs) <laughs> which is funny but which we had to re-record and so they had us re-record it in our normal voices and then also re-record it in these monster voices and so sure. it's really i didn't know what to expect but i love the effect of hearing sometimes you hear all of us sometimes you hear one of us um Absolutely. and knowing that my voice can do that is a little scary but really kind of <laughs> neat
1: <laughs> totally <laughs> did you
4: get to keep the teeth No, no, they had the teeth and, and my, and my contact lenses, which, and those were interesting because it was kind of like looking through a tunnel of fog. I didn't have peripheral vision in them. Oh, weird. Hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, it was definitely a, a, an experience to have, you know, prosthetic teeth and then your vision is restricted and stuff, but it kind of fed into the character for me. I called it witch vision.
1: Great. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, Carrie Anne, again, thank you for joining us. We have to move on now, but okay. um, that's uh, Facebook.com/slash Artemis Rising Productions. Did you have a, a Twitter handle you want to plug?
4: Oh, we do. It's um, Twitter is Artemis Rising PR.
1: Artemis Rising PR on Twitter. Thank you so much, <laughs> Carrie Anne. You, you have an amazing Carrie-Anne.
4: night. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. You Bye. All right. Oh uh, well, that's that's great. That was really cool to was, talk to her. Yeah, a really nice, uh, really nice story. Yeah. She seems like an awesome person. Yeah. Check out her production company. I'm very curious about that uh, fantasy series. Uh, but now back to Sleepy Hollow. So I, you know, I'm glad we got John Noble back. We saw, I think, the seeds were planted for the end game of this season, mm-hmm. uh, namely in Moloch's return. In Frank's encounter in Central Park, I feel like his daughter is going to play a larger role, uh, not only in his arc across the series, but I think in the investigations, maybe in a few years' time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't. I just. I just had a great time. It was a fun ride. And then also, it's not at all what I expected. Me neither. With with uh, with Jeremy's storyline.
2: No, not at all. I was I was expecting Jeremy to have a life. Yeah, you know, part like I really wanted that for him and for Ichabod because he was so he was suffering so much after finding out that he had Jeremy.
3: Yeah, and
2: I wanted it to be like like a happy background for him, but it wasn't. The no. way
3: the way I think it though is honestly, if you look at time and you see that okay, they buried him back then, and then the witches are now. I think that Jeremy's probably alive again. I mean, sure. Let's oh just, yeah. Let's just all go ahead and throw that in the air. Yeah, that we had a spell to stop his heart okay yeah they that didn't just, say they killed just, him yeah exactly, exactly. yeah anyone
1: vague. with that much power is probably still alive and that's the thing i was i was wondering i was wondering if we were going to get it now or i assume we'll, we'll get it later where they have to dig up his grave and then they find it empty
3: well i wanted that's where i'm finishing my point is that um no i didn't that sounded the than i meant it matt love you um <laughs> you cut me off matt <laughs> Nah. Every time I try to make a point in the show, you get cut off.
1: You always know yeah. this. Fair way. <laughs> um, so
3: <laughs> I really think they didn't have they they saw this story and they really wanted to to bring the character in. And really open the minds of the Watchers to know about this. Yeah. But because it's so close to the end of the season, they really just wanted to tease it. Because we know now that that's going to be a big part of next season. Yeah. is going to be his son and maybe his lineage and things like that.
2: They squished so much of his son's story in this episode. It's like, actually really impressive. Really yeah. Yeah, they did it well. They did it well, I think.
3: I mean, I, well, I'll talk about it at the end, but the the scene between the golem and Ichabod, I'll talk about a lot at the yeah. end, but that too. Yeah. But, so, how do we open this episode, Matt? All right, well, I I just wanted to
1: kind of give general impressions, but I think the main story that we're going to talk about, we're already talking about it, is uh, Ichabod and Jeremy. So we we start this episode, and Ichabod is working off his frustration, chopping up some wood, you know, he's, he's got axe in hand, much like in the Sanctuary episode, in the last episode. Um, and, uh, you know, Abby comes by to kind of try to cheer him up, you know, a little Christmas cheer and he's like all pissy, you Bob know, he's yeah. Such a
2: grinch. yeah, he's
1: such a grinch. And he's <laughs> like, Oh, the, the, you celebrate with lumber, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, not having it at all, but he had kind of made his own plans. I was a little surprised and impressed. Um, he had contacted, uh, Henry yes. Parrish. The Sin Eater buys lonesome, which means he's figured out how to use a phone, I guess. No,
3: he probably wrote him a very detailed letter, right? I mean, it's he, he's the U.S. Postal Service hasn't changed very much in the past three hundred years, man. Yeah, it he was, probably
2: it, found someone in the Pony Express. Yeah,
3: someone in the Pony Express who's still alive or a
1: ghost of the Pony Express. I have <laughs> a horse drawn someone carriage in, in eighteen minutes. That
2: yeah. as much as he does.
1: But what I loved about about this not only does it bring John Noble back into the fold, but it was it was a very expedient way to get back into what we were talking about last week with why didn't Katrina tell him about the pregnancy. And one thing that like, as this show has progressed that I'm really impressed with is it, it never, it doesn't feel necessarily like a serialized show. It's, it, disguises itself as uh as a story of the week as a standalone show, but it is a serialized show. Mm-hmm. It's not really about a case of the week anymore. Right. And it hasn't been since the top, I think.
2: I agree. And I and I like that. It it makes it a little less predictable and just a little more interesting to watch to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, immediately he's like, I don't I don't want to do this, but I will strangling Ichabod into Purgatory uh in the in the Trinity Church and uh, one little like weird tidbit that I feel like we learned uh in this scene is that in purgatory uh Katrina comes once a day to mm. light a candle and reflect on her sins yeah. but that means that there are days in purgatory and does time does time pass the same way in purgatory as it does on earth and if in that case she has been aware and cognizant of the past three hundred years, that's that
2: must be so torturous. So, and knowing knowing that she knows what's happened to everybody since then, she's yep. got to be
3: slightly. I mean, insane. that's what purgatory, right? Is. That drives yeah. you crazy. Yeah. And Ichabod, you can't escape her from that hell because it's purgatory, not hell. All right. Um, purgatory. It's purgatory, purgatory. but it <laughs> feels like hell. It feels Stephen. like hell.
1: Um, Stephen,
2: you
3: don't know how hellish it can <laughs> Matthew be. Matthew Lieberman, you don't know how hellish. You can be. Um, I do. I have
1: an inkling. I'm a scamp. I'm a wanker. What I'm was, a scoundrel.
2: I feel like what this was episode was the word
1: that they used.
2: Oh, Gumplefrick.
3: Gumplefrick. Th- this, yeah. this
2: episode was like a vocab lesson for me. There was Gumplefrick, and then there was the word at the end of the episode before they enter the carnival. For like Idol Watchers. Yes.
1: Yeah, I don't. Gar-Google, Gargoogles. Google. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. And then all we got a Little history of grammar lesson. Yeah, where uh, we learned that uh, awful intercourse means a great conversation. I just
3: hope <laughs> in this season we get we get kind of what the symbolism with the George Washington doll hanging in the noose was from. Because right, because we, we got the doll, and there was such a rich history behind that one doll. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, calling it, the, I called it earlier that she was pregnant, and then we find out this storyline. And I thought the doll was charred, but it just turned out that it used to be gray and then the blood turned it black because it turned basically evil through the pain of Ben from Jeremy. Yes. So I'm wondering if we're going to get – how does George Washington play into this whole thing with Katrina to make her like that? Because do we have the story of when the witches sent her to purgatory yet? Because we just have her escaping from them and getting to the sanctuary. Did they say that the witches sent her to purgatory? Yeah, because Ichabod says they banished her to purgatory, so they're
1: the ones who would know how to say her No, so we didn't get that piece of it. But as she said, you know, in our brief moments together, I haven't had a ton of time to give you everything. So, uh, you know, that's Well, maybe if she spent less
3: time getting in her corset.
1: (laughs) Hey. You know what? A girl's okay. gotta look pretty. A girl's in gotta look okay? pretty if she's gonna hold on to a man <laughs> when she don't have a body of her own. Okay, her purgatory body gotta be in tip-top shape. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. I heard that, that every day.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And hey, I am a fan of the the purgatory dresses. <laughs> she's a she's she a pretty hat. pretty lady.
2: She has.
1: She's a swell lady.
2: I wonder though. You know she she's hid all of this from Ichabod. I wonder how much of the story she's telling is. True.
1: She has no reason to lie to him. There's been this there's been this okay, there has been a consistent agenda, you haven't been a part of it. <laughs> okay. On this show, where Steven and Jackie insist that Katrina is shady, and I continue to disagree. I
3: I, I just think that there's no good or bad coven, and this kind of solidified that for me. That I that I agree with. There's now. good witches and there's bad witches, and it's mostly just semantics. It's the situations that they're in. And whether they did, because if you look at, if, what the, what did the four who, the four witches say? The four who speak as one. one. Necessity sometimes breeds, um, rash decisions. Like, they did that out of necessity. That's why they worked with evil. According
2: to them. According to them. But, like, why
1: is Jeremy evil? Why is, why is she evil for, for breaking
3: his, his lifeline and keeping him alive? Because they think, everyone, apparently at this point, everyone believes that if they killed Ichabod, if Ichabod's st- heart stopped, then death would be dead. Then he okay. would, they would have killed Because they death. were linked together. Because they were yeah. linked. And her spell, Ichabod killed the horseman but her spell to keep Ichabod alive kept the horseman alive, apparently. That's what I'm taking from this. Yeah. That makes
2: sense. I, I, could, I get that.
3: But at the same time, it's just interesting to see how the witches react to this and how they're... Not really good or bad, but I want to talk about, I mean, there's... But all, they're not followers of Moloch, by any Yeah, they're means. not, but they struck a deal with Moloch, apparently. Like, they struck a deal... Maybe for their own safety. Because they're... Maybe they had to strike a deal to put Jeremy in the ground. Because hmm. maybe they didn't have enough power themselves, because that's why they couldn't kill him. That's yeah. why they couldn't defeat the golem. It's true. So they, they had to strike a deal with Moloch to send the golem to purgatory. That's what it was. Yeah. Um but the fire, she lights a candle every day and that's it's kind of And it was Jeremy who set fires. Exactly. So there's kind of a significance there that we'll see maybe there's um maybe some witches have more of an affinity for different things than others because we look at the priest who was part of a coven that could control metal and things like that. Right. And Katrina seems like she's good with fire and then we had that other witch that was really good with fire in the second episode. When does Katrina seem to be good with fire? Um, we've n- we've yeah, received recall no. Recall. Okay, never mind. I, never mean, I meant I meant Jeremy. Sorry. Yeah, Jeremy's good with fire. Speaking
2: well- of fire. He didn't use that at all later on in his life according according to his story.
3: No. Well, he just used his golem to beat the crap but out. But he of
2: didn't people. use his golem. Like that's the thing. Yeah, It just, he it just was, came to protect him he came whenever pr- he needed it.
1: Yeah, it was inadvertent. Yeah. This is just this is a kid with profound emotional issues, severe abandonment. He doesn't know wh- who he's from. I'm sure no one ever explained to him his own power. They just feared it. You know, he didn't really have any direction during life. It's that line that um that Henry has uh late in the episode where he said, or no, it's not it's not Henry. It's Ichabod, who says, um, my father told me your son will n- live Act by more, your yeah. example than by your advice, and my I gave him neither. Yeah, you know, he had no no direction. He just was pursued from all from all sides.
3: And it's interesting how. Ichabod's son is the one who killed Abby's um, ancestors. Yeah.
2: That was so crazy.
3: I know. and I and love
2: that connection. It's sad, but it's cool. Abby didn't take a moment
1: to mourn that. And there's a, I'm going to get to Abby in, in, a, in a hot second. I have like a little bone to pick, but I feel like it's about to be resolved anyway. Um, I'll just talk about it now. Well, yeah, it's, let it's, it out. Man. Okay. Well, it's just that the past like three episodes have been very Ichabod centric. Um, and Abby's been just kind of supporting his story for the past few weeks rather than being as strong of a protagonist as Ichabodin as she was at the beginning of the series when we were dealing more of her relationship with her sister and, you know, struggling to believe and stuff like that. And I think that now that we have Malek back in play, you know, actively after her soul, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get to understand some of, some more of what happened to her. And Jenny, when they were when they were young,
3: with the four trees. Yeah, well, that's yeah, definitely
2: he, something I want to get to know more about. I really want them to explore their life and their you know how they came to be this way and stuff.
3: Well, and he directly said it though. He said he touched her mind before, yeah. and the next time will be for the la- like his own. Because and then that just makes me wonder then, because because we see that Ichabod is resistant to things because he's a witness. Mm-hmm. um so obviously abby's resistant to certain things because she's a witness but then what did he do with jenny's mind and i still think jenny's gonna be that ticking time bomb. she's gonna be that mm-hmm. last 15 seconds of the series of of the of the season that just makes you go oh my god we're
2: gonna have a lot of cliffhangers in oh january my
3: god they're yeah.
2: gonna kill me
1: i know i'm so mad but it's you know what the last two episodes are just gonna are just gonna rock our socks up last three episodes. Yeah. We're waiting a whole month for the last three and it's gonna be its own little arc
3: and it's gonna be the awesomest. Alright, I just and wanna the, s- and the, yeah. oh yeah. And the way that they uh that they took away from Abby's story a little bit to go into the other ones. Yeah. That was just kind of like a they they usually do that in series like this, because we started with Abby, moved into Ichabod, now we're getting now we're kind of finishing up with um Irving. yeah, a bit of like Frank. We got a good a bit of Frank today, and then I'm sure, I'm sure next season or even in the last three episodes, we're going to get a pretty good backstory to um, Andy. And I really, I'm looking forward to that to see what kind of connections Andy really. Yeah, has. Yeah, he's still moldering around in those sewers, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's he's a bit of a mystery Andy. because we don't really know what he was before. He was touched by Moloch, like and became the witch's bitch.
1: Yeah, he'll he'll get his <laughs> flashback episode. Okay. I just want to talk really quickly about iTunes. People, you are the saviors of this show. You are witnesses to us cranking past a hundred reviews on iTunes, up to a hundred and four today, Steve. That's so uh, awesome. I think it's a
3: hundred and five. Hundred and
1: five. One nice. So big ups to you. You guys rock. Go you. You <laughs> helped us. Cause here's the thing, folks, and I know I say it every week, but there are people who probably are just starting on this podcast, so I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. We do this show for free, and it's a free podcast. Here at Afterbus TV, we put out 60 shows, 60 hours of content a week. That's crazy. That's a crazy amount of free content that you get to enjoy for free. And we don't get paid, but how can you help us continue to crank out great content like this show? I will tell you, these iTunes reviews make a huge difference. It makes us the most visible Sleepy Hollow podcast on iTunes. It helps us be able to keep this show visible. It lets our bosses know that you're loving what we do. It's the most important thing you can do to help us stay on the air and keep our bosses happy. So if you want to help our show, please go to iTunes. Slap us with a five-star rating. Let us know how much you're liking the show, what you like about it if there's something that we can fix or change, and, hey, you know what? It's going to help us. If you can't do that, you can just keep talking to us on the YouTube, talk to us on the Twitter. Uh, we love having a conversation with our fans. Where or, can we
3: find you on the Twitter, Matthew Lieberman?
1: Uh, you can find me at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. Uh, and you can find uh, Jackie Borowski, who's not here this week, at 123Jackie underscore B. Jackie spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E underscore B
3: b uh steven where can they find you you can find me on the twitters at Stephen lemieux that's s-t-e-p-h-e-n-l-e-m-i-e-u-x and then we also have a very a much joyful joyce to speak to and how how can we find miss joyce on the twitters
2: you can find me on twitter at j -J 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 ajuri at j-a-j-o-u-r-i
3: brilliant. Beautiful. brilliant. I would like to take this moment To dedicate to our iTunes Ratings because yes. we've had a bunch Let in us the past have week. some shout outs You guys are awesome Okay, Love this podcast I just had to write to say That this is a well done informative and funny podcast And I look forward to it every week The hosts are knowledgeable and have great theories and predictions Keep up the good work That is from Rogue76 I listen to a lot of podcasts on AfterBuzz, And this one, in my opinion, is the best one. You guys have great chemistry and it's so funny to listen to. I love Sleepy Hollow, but I also look forward to listening to you guys. Daryl Hammond? Daryl Hammond, as Daryl Hammond. Michan B., thank you. I, like, adore listening to you guys. I'm pretty sure I'd listen to your podcast even if I didn't watch Sleepy Hollow, which is, like, the best show on TV, double exclamation point, (laughs) parenthesis. Keep up the good work, hyphen... What will I do without you during the week's show I hiatus? I don't know. Rosemary. That's a lot
1: of pressure, Rosemary. <laughs> don't lose your Seriously. head over this.
3: Oh, Punjar. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I think I'll... we're up to 44. <laughs> 44. And 44 then uh, let's, uh, what's the last accent,
1: Matt? Um, like? The last accent I would love. I would love a
3: Hessian accent. Ooh. From Ancher Holby. I am so happy with the shows of this show. <laughs> the hosts of this show. You are so much fun and have me laughing out loud. Please keep what you're doing. Also would like to know what other shows you guys host. I will watch the show because of you.
2: Yeah, Wow.
3: Uh, I host South
2: Park. Wunderbar.
3: Uh, you can see him on South Park and the Sleepy Hollow After Show. Yes.
1: And you can see me or listen to me. You can listen to my many ramblings on the Almost Human After Show. On the Sons of Anarchy after show Which ends tomorrow Uh, You could also find me On the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show This is Joyce Azuri I will
2: be on there with him, everyone
1: Uh, And (laughs) I am also starting A new podcast for the Betas show Betas is a show on the Amazon It is a a comedy About people starting an app in San Francisco We're gonna have many guests on It's gonna be very exciting Dude, you you went
3: full German You never go full German, (laughs) man Never
1: go full German
3: and I got one last one I wasn't gonna say it because yeah, say it. I love this cause one. Cause Matt
1: loves this one. I so. love
3: this one. Alright, it's entitled <laughs> Yo Maddie. Yo Maddie! <laughs> I fell in love with Jackie and Steven on the AHS podcast. I fell in lust with Matt on HBO Girls. Yeah. Batman. These three became <laughs> oh, YouTube, my favorite bang. hosts individually. And I look forward to whatever they are part of. But then I heard they were going to be together for Sleepy Hollow we were not prepared (laughs) there is no podcast like this for after buzz tv just a magical star star whatever Stop! Stop! <laughs> uh, it's it's so long. The, I, can't the, yeah, no, it. no, no. I can't do it.
1: Uh, but but here's the thing, man. If you're gonna do a, if... a part of the brain, well, that's what that you it's were missing. I, I'm, I'm, s-
3: <laughs> man, I'm scrolling while I do yeah. it. I know, I know. If you really want to, <laughs> this, <laughs> we need to oh, talk about yeah. Sleepy Hollow at some point
1: tonight, people. <laughs> it's All so right. weird
2: because if from how my perspective how does one fall in lust with someone is Steve's top, the top of Steve's head from here yeah I know it's very... so disconcerting
1: <laughs> we can't see his face alright
3: back to Sleepy Hollow though mm. but thanks yes, for yes. the compliment free GM um, that's so nice uh, shout out to Late for Tea I think we have yes. it. and okay, Papa, okay. Papa EXO finally figuring out how to use iTunes beautiful <laughs> awesome. so
1: um, I want to talk about Frank Irving because we got some we got some nice like uh, just sort of like taking a break scenes that led to something which I think is ultimately very momentous yeah so uh, he is spending the day with his daughter. Macy goes home and sees the wife. They're not divorced. They're separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he takes a moment or, or even before that. Okay. He's at the church uh, that he went to when he lived in New York with his family. Right. And he's asking the pastor about, you know, what does he know about the witnesses in scripture? And, uh, that witness Traditionally means martyr Mm -hmm. and that uh, the witnesses will likely have to die uh, in their cause. But what happens to the people who team up with the witnesses? The followers often die too.
2: Yes. Uh And
1: what this... Foreshadowing. I know. (laughs) But what this scene does so very, very elegantly, as I realized uh, when I was watching it, is it sets up what I think Frank's arc is for the series. And it's about Frank and his lo- his lost faith. He lost his faith when his daughter was hit by a car and now this journey is going to be how he regains his faith uh in a higher power, how having to accept that there are things beyond his control and understanding and that he needs to r- restore his faith in the Lord and in his higher power. And I think that that's just such a wonderful arc for him to have.
2: I liked seeing him in, in this light. I mean, I feel like after his, you know, daughter got hit by a car, his life changed. And then he went on to be a detective in, in this city, in this big city and his life changed there too. But it kind of, to me, the way I see it, it kind of just kind of plateaued. Yeah. And, um, now you see him changing even more after witnessing the Headless Horseman and seeing that everything that they've, that they've been talking about is actually true. So he's changing again, and we're seeing this side of him that's obviously a lot more vulnerable. But for Frank this episode, I thought that it was kind of just a, a filler for him. I mean, yeah. this was, there was really nothing there that we learned except it set us up for something that we're going to see a lot later later. And I agree. I think his daughter is going to be a lot more involved. She's going to start catching on to all these nuances that she she's didn't a smart before. kid.
1: She's a smart cookie. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering, like, I feel like there will be eventually a moment where Frank has the opportunity to try to get restore feeling to her legs or that he'll have to take it away if she's given this gift but it's like
3: a curse or something. I feel like that's just there'll be a rich off of story he'll, opportunity. He'll have to give up somebody to give yeah. something, but like that for his daughter. Yeah. Um. I mean, I thought it was interesting for Frank, just because last time we saw him, his wife was giving him papers for full custody of his daughter. So I mean, that's. I mean, I mean, divorce papers, right? It it was it was it was like a threat and yeah, a it was a promise, threat, but and a promise. That was interesting, and then we get this episode where we see how all these events that are changing to him. They're kind of giving him a purpose. Yeah. Because before it was just his job, but now it just for him. It's a personal thing. It's his purpose. It's a mission. Exactly. So when he talks to his wife, he says, well, you deserve someone better than I. And she says, well, if you had told me that a year ago, you'd still be living in this house. Yeah. So it is kind of – it does progress his story in that we can see that he's changing for the better, but it also progresses a story that – um, we'll get into the scene with the the ice cream guy or the hot chocolate guy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, here's, it's scary and that because it's just lady sh- that it transferred to. It
3: just showed that he is he is mortal. Ichabod's yeah. not exactly mortal cuz he's that. Abby's a witness, but Frank from the three of them is the mortal and he's easily swayed. And as we've seen is he falls for tricks fairly easily too. Well, what? When did he fall for tricks? I mean, grabbing the guy and like shaking him, and I mean that's mm. that's basically a trick by Mala. He got, Mala. Set, up. He got right. set up, right? So I'm I'm fearful of how he can be set up in the future because he's highly he's highly defensive when it comes to his daughter. Yes, yeah. he's highly defensive when he when it comes to his daughter, and he's still he's still grappling with the fact
1: that there are things beyond his control. Uh, and, you know, that there are these forces working against him that he may have to lay down his life in service of it. But it's it's interesting, you know, there's there's discussion. There's something called uh, logotherapy, which talks about how people, uh, what they really need and are looking for in life is purpose. We're looking for a reason, something that gives our life meaning. And, you know, in his mind, as somebody who protects people for a living, when he wasn't able to protect his daughter, you know, his reason for being kind of got taken away. Mm-hmm. He had failed in his mission, and there was not really anything propelling him further. And I think it's what made him, you know, so cold as a person. And this is kind of restoring, uh, restoring all of that.
2: I think there's a, a strong parallel between Frank and Ichabod in this episode. You know, the whole mm. wanting to be that protective. Advising a better father. father, a better father. I think they really related to each other. I mean, they didn't even interact this episode, but yeah. there were definitely some parallels there. In that Absolutely.
1: Sense. Absolutely. So here's so we get to this scene out in the park and he, you know, he's trying to push his daughter. He's like, you know, we could do that wheelchair sports camp. She's like, Dad, sometimes you have this tone in your voice that makes me feel helpless, helpless. Um and he apologizes and she's like, but I'd feel pretty hell. I'd feel pretty good with a hot chocolate, plenty of marshmallows. Like, all right, all right, all right.
3: (laughs) You feel pretty good with a Seven Up too.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, stop. (laughs) And uh he goes, yeah, forty (laughs) four fifty.
3: Best reference.
1: Yeah. So he um he's going to get this uh this hot chocolate and the guy's like uh you know your daughter's strong huh yeah how strong is she she pretty strong up top no well okay <laughs> um how strong is she? i had to yeah uh and he's like what are you talking about is it like is it like she you know she's she strong enough to fight with god yeah to uh, fight to for fight, god fight for her soul yeah. um and frank kind of
3: just freaks out um i mean i'd freak out so. too if I the guy's eyes turned white in front of you and started saying crazy shit like we have a plan too well no
2: before that though before his eyes turned he was a little uh, provocative he
3: was like
1: he was like what what are you talking about but then you know like god has a plan so do we now what
3: frank asks him is like how do you know what i said Mm -hmm. how do you know what i said because things he said he had said to the priest in the beginning of the episode right right so what he's assuming is how does he how does Moloch know what he told his pastor at the very beginning of the episode. So it's kind of interesting to think that perhaps this demon could be through, Was like transferring through the church. The yeah, like, and that's the scary thing too. I honestly is the fact that it can change bodies so quickly. Right, it can manifest itself in some from else. host to host with yeah. you
1: know no one noticing, without the host noticing, without causing any damage. You know, this is a consummate spy this this demon whoever whoever he or she or it is um it
2: might get to macy at some point
1: well it what it makes it sound like not just not just intimidation of frank but it makes it sound like you know, her soul is pure enough that it could be used as
3: a weapon. Yeah. No, it just makes me feel like that's how Mullock took control of Abby and Jenny in the forest and oh, did something they were wrong. young. They were young yeah, I, when
2: the, when they went through
3: all that. It just it seems like that's it it's scary to open up the door of possibility with this whole thing.
1: Yeah. No, I, I have to agree with you. That's
3: that's definitely terrifying. I mean maybe Moloch was wandering through the forest and saw some trees with Christmas oh my tree God. on
1: it and an egg on it and How creepy would it be if Frank just like he's out in the middle of the woods and then he just sees Macy walking oh around God. and that, it's, it's, a, it's a demon causing her moving her legs and making them work and like having to confront that Ooh. how horrific
2: that's what I was imagining that's crazy if he were to enter her body that's what he would do
1: yeah not so crazy Steve I think it
3: could happen well I think it'd go through the wife it'd go through the wife to the daughter and then mm. he would see he would be with his daughter and his daughter would walk around
2: and then his wife would also witness this and then they would become closer during this whole Aww. process. No, because he and Jenny need to
1: hook
3: up. Frangenic. Frangenicky Merving. Hashtag Frangenicky Merlin. Worst hashtag ever. <laughs> and and apparently it's uh it their their real ship name is B A M F Badass Mofos. <laughs> yeah. But it's Mr. and Mrs. Banff. No, 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 no. It's it's their 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 hashtag is Banff. But Orlando Jones on Twitter has confirmed that it's Mr. and Mrs. Frangenicky Merlving, but but it's hashtag Banff.
1: Whatever. Mm.
3: Hey, confirmed from confirmed the man himself. Confirmed from
1: the man himself, okay. I just think it sounds like... The con- it Merlving. So- yeah, it sounds like vomit, or or the kind of foreign dish that would make one vomit, or... It's just like something someone mutters to you and you're like, Are you okay, man? And you check if they have a fever. It just isn't nice. It, it isn't like, a nice
3: thing to say. It sounds like the bug guy from the first men in black saying Frankfurt. Okay. Like okay,
2: okay. Sugar in, in, Yeah.
3: <laughs> Sugar <laughs> and
4: water.
1: <laughs> yeah. And where's the cat? I want the cat. <gasps> okay, oh back God. to Back sleeping. to Sleepy <laughs> Hollow and not a movie from
3: 1998. Okay. Such a good um, one. <laughs> um, So, at the end of this episode... Well, we have to still talk about this whole... The Golem. I mean, we have to talk about it. All right, all right. We have yeah. much to talk about still. We Fine. didn't really touch up on him. Okay, we'll talk about The Golem. So,
1: great creature design. Um, and, uh, again, bringing in a uh, a trope from religion, from the Bible, um, or so from history.
3: Ichabod meets up with the scene-eater... Uh, yeah. He has to choke him to Henry. get a Henry, call him Henry. Okay, he has to meet he up He loves with Henry. crosswords, and he loves trains. Gumbo free. Yeah, and Gumbel we
2: Frick.
3: also have to talk about the librarian, too. Yes. So he meets up with, and that's after this, but he meets Sassy up with Henry, librarian. and Henry chokes him. He meets up with Katrina, asks about the baby. She gives him the name, says it's Jeremy, and then the monster busts through the door right as Ichabod wakes up, and that's where they decide to go and look for Grace's the Grace family history in the library. Yes, librarian Grace knows Dixon. some shit. Yes, and I'm totally shipping Ichabod and the librarian. Yeah, you
1: you <laughs> couldn't stop talking about it while we were watching. I'm just like hush. And know, then dude. she gets killed, so you can't so do that. Quickly, she's dead. Iche- There's no way. Librarian. And guess what? Guess what? She ain't in purgatory she's, because lying is a sin. She's still got a hand. She still got ew. <laughs> Gross. That's she did not, not get the upper, disgusting. upper hand. Disgusting. She not I did I not meant.
2: get the upper hand in this episode. No <laughs> punjar.
1: 4550. Lord in heaven. Well, she's
3: handy with a car. Oh, oh 46. No. Okay. And she can do a drive-by high five stuff
1: <laughs> That's not a pun. I'm not gonna give you that one. That's it, just dumb. But
3: it was dumb.
1: <laughs> I guess. Alright, it was dumb. 4650. You're right. Dumb is good. Dude, yeah. so
3: that golem straight. Beat her car to hell and mm-hmm. back. Yeah, er, to, per- yeah, to yeah. hell. To I hell.
1: gotta hand it to him; he did a great job destroying oh, that car. Jar. Yeah, see, I can do one every now and again. Forty-seven.
3: I mean, she got the five-finger discount.
1: Forty-seven fifty. <laughs> uh, um,
2: Poor woman.
1: Yeah, she should just she should just hand in her badge and her weapon because she is not she's not a great witch.
2: I I really wanted to know what she, what she 48. knew, like what she could have. <laughs> Sorry. I missed it.
1: I'm proud of myself. It was dumb, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I missed it. Uh, no, it's <laughs> okay. It's okay. Make your real point because we actually need to talk about this episode. Lord.
2: Well, I'm just so curious as to how they figured out that she knew something that, that she wasn't telling them.
1: Because Henry eats sins um, for a living and lying and he is he a sin. he sensed a lie
2: from a mile away. Yeah. I remember. And
1: he was so, like, quietly pleased with himself. <laughs> She lied, and I can sense a sin from a mile away. And it's like, it's the most excitement he's had yeah. in like 40 years. I mean, his life is
2: tragic. I it's know. really
1: sad. We
2: definitely got a lot more insight into his life.
1: I know. And it left, you know, a lot of fans being like, oh, I wish he was around all the time. Yeah. I think he is going to be around just enough. I wouldn't, I don't know if I want him to be a member of the main cast because I like, I like what he does to an episode when he's in it but i like the core cast enough that we don't need him necessarily to make the
3: show great i agree I've, he he's the he's the writers trump card he's like yeah we need to connect these two points uh senator senator
1: yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> let's his, just bring him back in
1: right cuz his powers are obscure and he's an incredible actor so no matter what you give him he's going to do a great job with it and it'll serve any plot function plot,
3: function. <laughs> plot function plot function Plot function. Plot function. Remember, Matt, good blood, bad blood, good blood, bad blood, good blood, bad blood, <laughs> blood, blood big black blood bug. Ugh, you, you couldn't even do it that, that way, Shut up. right that time. I did it right. Yeah.
1: Red leather, the- yellow. Blood Here, you know what? It, I will eat my hat if the Sin Eater gets to be on the show more often. I'm trying too hard to do these puns. (laughs) You do them so eloquently. Well, I mean, the the
3: librarian got one episode and she apparently did not spend that time reading a book on how to survive a golem attack. It's true.
1: Although I don't know how many books there are about surviving a golem attack, I, I have to imagine it's not a popular subject. She
3: she wrote the book on high fives, though.
1: uh <laughs> forty nine bucks. We're so dangerously close okay. to fifty dollars. So the
3: librarian obviously had no family because all of her personal belongings get sent to Ichabod. <laughs> and yeah, yes,
2: yeah. That was really strange. And yeah, and
3: find they find the box and the scene eaters. Just okay, Henry. All of her, all of her personal effects are just ticket stubs and posters from
1: carnivals. Yeah. She did nothing. From centuries ago go yeah but but here's what's hilarious to me is like the four that speak is one had like a poster and were like a marquee at this apparently abandoned carnival and that's that's just so not a carnival attraction they're so creepy with the pointed teeth what children would be willing to go into that attraction
3: the ones who love the stephen king's it movie
1: None of them. None of them. No one likes Pennywise the Clown.
3: Nobody. Pennywise the Clown's terrifying. Straight up 30-year-olds have nightmares about that crap. Yeah. Straight up 30-year-olds. That was a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but j- nobody's there, and then suddenly everyone's there I, when all yeah. hell's breaking loose. I
2: was like, where did all these people come from? And they they run there. out of the carnival. They
3: work there. They weren't. They weren't
1: attendants of the carnival. They are attendees of the carnival, they were attendants of it. I
2: carnival. wonder why there were no attendees.
1: Um, because they were closed, it was late at night. Like, remember the Sin Eater? Uh, Henry, he said his first train was like 8.55 p.m. in the middle of the day. And then the next one was 12.44 in the morning, which he said he was going to miss. So it was probably like 4 in the morning, which, again, begs the question, why are they in their tent at all (laughs) waiting around in their chairs? They they do they have
2: normal lives.
3: You don't know. I don't
2: think they're normal. They don't have some sort of. Oh, my
3: God. What (laughs) if they were waiting for the librarian to show up? Steven, no, wait, wait,
2: wait.
1: Steven, uh, if we c- still do like Sleepy Hollow sketches, we need to do one where
3: someone goes on a date with the four who speak as one. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <gasps> That's and then so we can funny. actually have Joyce be in the sketch. Yeah. I was looking for a way to get that. There we go. Okay. Um, for those who Come don't in. know, we're actually writing sketches so we can film them during the break and then show them to you and become <laughs> sensational.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, we already are sensational, we could become sensations.
3: We already are Mm. sensations. I
1: guess. At least for for the people who write on iTunes. That is not a word, Joyce. It is or. now.
2: It is now. Neither is Gumple Frick. I looked it up on Google and it does not exist. It
1: does not exist. Google <laughs> said no, so it does not exist. Try Bing next
2: exactly. time. I did on my phone. I'm going to use the word Windows in Scrabble, though. I'm going to
3: use it in Scrabble. Bing <laughs> is for
1: doing, not for researching words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're getting too silly. Yeah, a little um, bit. Okay, so okay, okay. back so, onto
3: this carnival yeah. of Carnival of here. death.
1: Uh, Golem stumbles into uh, the stumbles into the tent and apparently kills them. We don't see it, so we don't know for sure. Which, like to me, that's like that's the creator saying we'll bring these back at some point. They're probably not dead.
2: They left it very open ended. No, it's
1: just That
3: it it's just like the two and a half that speak as two and a half.
1: <laughs> exactly, the two and a half that speak as a third. So. Um, Uh, Ichabod's running and he sees this strange visage, which was a funhouse mirror, uh, which led to the great line, since when did irony become a national pastime? Uh, Golem smashes through the the mirrors, Golem stabbing Ichabod in the chest with glass, um, which is very convenient because we need Jeremy's blood to stop the Golem, but Ichabod's blood will serve... And he tries to reason with the golem first. He apologizes to the golem, which gives him, like, this nice moment of catharsis. You know, he's trying to apologize to his long-dead kid, you know, for not being there and for his wife being—his mother being ripped from him and, like, how he wishes it could have been different. It was a very, very sweet, very it was moving It his way scene. of
2: making peace with the way things turned and out. Thought, as much
3: as he can have, as, anyway. Yeah,
2: exactly. I yeah.
3: thought that was great. Like, after, even after he stabbed the golem, like, the, mom- the last moments— where he – he I mean he calls the golem his son basically yeah because yeah. the golem was born without a personality, without any emotion at all. I mean it's just a golem. But it arrived from the pain of his son. Yeah. So everything that his son has had experienced was transmogrified through the golem. And if that's a word, I'm going to claim it. It is. It's a word. It's <laughs> okay. a real word. But like <laughs> – that's just so it's So the golem really was his son in some ways. It experienced the things that his son did up until that point. It was definitely a part of him. It was, de- yeah, it was a part of his son. Yeah. And can I just say, in terms of creature design, I love
1: anything with like three chubby fingers. I think that that's just the coolest, where it it's like two fingers and a to thumb. Me. I thought it was so cute when he like, when he touches Jeremy's face when he's first born and it's like yeah. the weird <laughs> three finger hand. I guess. I
2: guess. Like it's, so it's cool. supposed to look kind of like cute and doll-like. Maybe that's he the was juxtaposition, the yeah. of, from you know the hand to the face and like mm-hmm. what he actually was and what he actually did. There had to be some sort of part of him that we thought was endearing. Well, the doll. I was mean, the s- end was endearing, the, but
3: the doll's so simple. So yeah, if, I mean, the doll was basically a doll with like a button eye, creepy, with, with thread over it, kind he of sewing creepy. the eyes shut, and. A belt with, like, a skirt kind of thing on the doll. Yeah. So, I mean, they did a really good job creating that in a monster form without making it too overbearing with big fangs or some stupid crap where it'd be like, oh, that's the doll? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. I was so pleased when the golem
1: kicked the crap out of the the orphanage guy because the orphanage guy was obviously a huge dick. Total dick. Yeah, Yeah. I'm saying this so flippantly. If you'd like to send your kids to a dick
3: orphanage, send them to this guy.
1: Never send them to a dick orphanage. That sounds terrible. (laughs) That sounds like the worst thing. (laughs) Sounds like
3: Neverland Ranch. I'm just kidding. Stop it. I I don't think any kids are going to be
2: orphans, their parents don't know where they're going to go anyway. But I'd like to think (laughs) that in today's modern age,
1: one thing that has changed from the 18th century is no more dick orphanages. That's true. I think that we wiped. those
2: out. I like to believe that. I like (laughs) to believe that.
3: Like now, now it's just bad foster care. Things. I want to <laughs> believe. But, <laughs> oh, God. Remember what we talked about earlier? Katrina, every day is just like a day and she can view what's going on in the yeah, world. Like yeah. She would have had to watch her son grow up like uh, that. That, oh, that is God. so torturous. So she's got... That might be where the Washington hate comes in because she's had to witness all these things because of him using Ichabod and yeah. like that. And
1: why didn't Washington step in, like, now, knowing that this secret war was going on and being a participant in this war... Why wouldn't he want Jeremy and try to use Jeremy as a weapon? Because
3: nobody knew about Jeremy. Mm. Because he wasn't the one
2: killing people or destroying anything. That's
3: true. Well, word spread of his fearsome golem. And his Mm. 10-foot-tall made of radiation. Yeah. Opponents beware. He's not made of radiation. (laughs) He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. What? Come on. I sent, you, I sent you the video. Excuse me? He saves children, but not the British children, Matt. All right. Um, if you guys uh, haven't seen that video, look up Washington, Washington online. I, I might need you to.
4: Oh, oh Washington, I Washington, 10 that. foot
1: tall where it weighs an effing ton? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. there's only <laughs> that, one. That
3: video's great. It's classic. So that was a really touching scene with um, with, with, with Washington being 10 foot tall. And then the last scene we get is... Uh, is Yeah. yeah
1: so oh. uh, so um, Abby's like... Uh, she gives I- uh, Ichabod a, a embroidered hosiery. Oh, um, you
2: embroidered my name on some oversized hosiery. How, how odd. odd! Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, and she's like, "I'm gonna go get some comfort food. I'll be out. F- I'll be back in ten minutes." Which like is like an odd thing to say, but anyway. Yeah,
2: that was really. Strange. Yeah, excuse
1: um, to go away for a minute. Yeah. So uh, as soon as she leaves, mirror cracks and then becomes a portal to Purgatory Woods. Uh, where Ichabod is confronted by Moloch, who, um, first of all, he says something, uh, and maybe we should get into predictions because this is all going to be spoiler territory,
3: right? Yeah. I mean, is it? I mean, we don't know anything. It's all speculation. Um, let me just throw something out here first before we do that, then. Yeah. Um, well, first we get... I, I'm just going back to Frank and his daughter, and they yeah, talk yeah. about vine shrubbery, and that was kind of fun. Yeah, which, first of all, Macy, it's six seconds, not eight seconds. <laughs> no okay. one has time
2: yeah. for three minutes, Dad. All right.
3: And then um, when you look through the mirror in the office where it cracks and opens up again, you see the white trees. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if around Sleepy Hollow, just like there's a portal to the Lost Colony, somehow you can end up in purgatory. Because sure. it seems like Abby and Janity ended up in purgatory and Moloch didn't really come out where it is, but those white trees signify an entrance to purgatory. Maybe.
1: That's mm. entirely possible. Yeah. I, I like this theory, actually. Here, let's let's jump into predictions just to feel safe. Your
0: after buzz TV predictions.
1: What is that? Is that it's the like new <laughs>
3: thing? It's like a year and a half old.
1: Oh, that's weird. just quicker. Okay, okay. <laughs> so um so Moloch says, um, the the name of the saint will be the sign, uh, and that it will lead to the beginning of the war, the makings of this war. And I was thinking about it, and uh, isn't there a St. Francis? Yes. St. Francis? Oh, yeah,
3: St. Francis of Assisi.
1: Yeah, um, so Frank those- will somehow, this is my prediction, Frank is somehow going to o- open a door for Moloch to begin this war. Inadvertently, and I think that Macy is going to be the key. Yeah, to that I think I
2: think he's going to find this as a threat to Macy and do everything he can to yeah protect her. He
1: might unravel a little. Yeah,
2: bit. I think he will. And I, that I did think about that while we were talking about Frank earlier. Yeah. Um, I think Jeremy will come back. Yeah, I think he's definitely coming back to life somehow. Yeah, there's no way.
1: Some kind of empty grave yeah. business, and he's some. Pow- he's either one of the Horsemen or he's a powerful warlock now. Um. And then, so uh, Malak also says that he's coming for Jenny's soul, and Ichabod is going to be the one to give it to him.
3: He's coming for Abby's soul. You mean? Abby, what did I say? Yeah.
1: You said Jenny. No, I said. Uh, oh, okay. I meant <laughs> Abby. Pardon. It's late. I still have another show to do. Goodness me and uh. Joyce. Um, but uh, yeah, he's gonna. He's coming for Abby's soul, and I'm like, I'm like, why? Why at this point? What is it going to serve to take her soul? We need her soul. Moloch, you jerk.
2: He's just greedy. He's just greedy. He wants everyone. He's got
1: so many souls already. Leave them alone. Use Malik. Katrina's. I don't know. We like Abby better than Katrina. Yeah. yeah. Steven, do you have any any thoughts on this development? Like why he needs the
3: soul or what, what you think he's going to do with it? I mean, I think it's just the it's just the absence of two required materials. The absence of one of two required materials creates... Uh, the inability to create what you need to make. So, like, you have two people you need to prevent the apocalypse. Right, you take one of them you out. You take one away, and there's nothing you can really do. To stop it, yeah. Um, I feel like we have, like, three episodes left, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in the next three episodes, we're going to get a background on Andy, I really think. I think we're going to get more into The Witch's Coven, and I think the end of the season will be Katrina being released... Abby, not probably, not probably not Abby, um, but somebody close to Ichabod will be uh, betr- uh, sent to purgatory for next season. I also think that, let's see here, how I don't want to phrase this. I think that we're going to get that last fifteen seconds of Jenny being a betrayer. Okay, still, still under the guise of of um, of Mullock. It's a nice guess. And I think the Bible's going to have more to play now that they brought it back. Okay.
1: Here, Joyce, I want you to give kind of, like, more predictions like that, and then I'm going to do mine because I feel like mine could run a little long, so I don't want to uh, outdo everybody. Well, I'll just um, mute you. All right, great.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I pretty much stated some of the things that I that I want to see or that I think we're going to see. Um, okay. I do think Jeremy's going to be some sort of renegade. Like, he's going to totally change. Um, but I wonder how he's going to be knowing that um, – that the golem is gone. That the yeah. Golem is dead. I wonder if maybe he's going to be weaker and come up from that. That'll be interesting to see later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I got for now. Okay.
1: Well, here, here's what I'm thinking. So we got three episodes left in the season. Uh, and it's definitely, it's one three-episode arc. So Moloch's coming back uh, for Abby's soul. We're not entirely sure why. I think uh, Frank and Macy are... Big part of that plan, and that Macy is going to somehow be kidnapped, uh, much like Jenny and Abby were as girls, and they have to go rescue her. Um and that could potentially be Moloch's plan is to lure them into purgatory by kidnapping Macy. Um I think I don't think that Jenny's a betrayer, but I think that um Moloch is gonna activate her in some way in the final episode. Um, I don't think Katrina gets out of purgatory yet. I also think that if we're going to get any more Jeremy stuff, I think we're either done with it for the season or he shows up in the finale and that's our last beat. Mm -hmm. So like the last beat is either Jenny's evil now or uh, we see that Jeremy is alive and he's just a badass
3: evil warlock. Or a freedom fighter. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Could go either way. I think we're going to get um, Corbin talking to Abby. Oh, yeah. And Corbin comes back. And That's right. We got that spoiler. It, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Orlando um, interview. I'm wondering how he's going to play into it, if he's going to be in a good way or a bad way. Because the only person who can really affect Abby right now from purgatory is Corbin. So if you think of if Moloch could press on him somehow, you never know.
1: I don't think he presses on him. Here's what I think happens. When they go into purgatory to to save Macy, if that's really what happens, right, then Corbin is
3: there and he helps them escape. Oh, yeah. Seeing Frank and Corbin see each other again would be awesome. They never saw oh, each other, period. Oh, you're right. Sorry. I mean, Frank – I mean – what did I mean? Abby and Corman. Abby and Corman. That's what I meant. I'm yeah. sorry. I meant like in person, though. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. Oh, <sighs> man. So we're running out of time. And All right. Yeah. We can't do anything silly tonight, but we will make videos that are silly over the break. <laughs> yes. And um, we will have them online before the next episode. We should probably try to get costumes or something and things like that. Well, um, we'll also. Do it. What's the punjar at, Matt? The punjar
1: right now is at $49. And I want to remind everyone of the rules of the punjar sweepstakes because we're coming up on it pretty quickly. Um, you must follow myself, Stephen Lemieux, and Jackie Borowski on Twitter as well as AfterBuzz TV, all on Twitter. Um, and uh, after the 12th episode, sometime between the 12th episode and the 13th episode, I am going to tweet out. Um, a trivia question, and the first person to respond to it correctly, who is following all four of those Twitter accounts, will be the person who wins the cash.
3: No, we'll do a drawing, Matt. We'll do a drawing? Yeah, we'll do a drawing. Okay, Okay. so anyone,
1: anyone who, anyone who answers the question correctly and follows all four of us on Twitter is in the running to get the cash, but you must follow us on Twitter to do so, and keep your eyes peeled for this question, um... We will announce it on the season finales podcast. So we only have two more episodes to rack up some more money and some more puns.
3: Wait, two or three? Two, because this
1: is episode ten. So episodes eleven and twelve, My we'll be God. able to continue to add to the pot. We we could very well get over sixty, maybe even seventy bucks.
3: We need we need two more tonight, Matt. For it's Christmas, good, it's got to be fifty. Two, two more tonight. Um, let's see. Um, I I hope you guys have some very happy, sleepy holidays. Uh, that <laughs> happy holidays. That sucked. So Hashtag Happy holidays. Sixty nine fifty and forty nine fifty. Forty nine fifty. Oh god.
1: Forty nine fifty. And um, I personally, I hope that you have a nice Christmas so you won't feel hollow inside. Aww. Oh.
3: Okay. All right. Fifty. Fifty,
1: 50 bucks. Fifty bucks even. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Uh, let's let's I throw the.
3: Sucked. headless killing Santa Claus
1: (laughs) oh for a second I just I thought I heard you say I suck and I'm like yes (laughs) Uh, okay Joyce where can the people find you
2: you can find me on twitter at J-A-J-O-U-R-I and on instagram at Erosia at I-R-U-O-J-A
3: and Stephen where can the people find you Uh, you can find me on twitter at Stephen Lemieux S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X or if you're in the LA area and need headshots or any kind of photography I'm trying to put away some money for Christmas presents I'm cheap Hit me up at SRLMU photo on Facebook. He is
1: cheap. Truer words were never spoken. <laughs> uh, nice. my name, on Twitter, you can find me at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. I also just joined Instagram. Oh my god, Boom. I don't know. What? i quite easy. I know, I succumbed to pressure. But <laughs> you can follow my photos and stuff like that, photos and videos, uh, at Matty Lieberman, because Matty Liebes was taken. Uh, so that's Matt Y. Lieberman on Instagram. Uh, here on After Buzz TV, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Sons of Anarchy ending tomorrow. Uh, Almost Human, which has gotten really good if you haven't made the, the leap and started watching. Uh, starting the betas show this Thursday. We're supposed to start last Thursday. Long story, but we're starting this Thursday with, a, with two episodes back-to-back. Uh, you should definitely watch that. And thanks, everybody. We will see you in January. Good night. Happy holidays.
0: The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.
4: Thank you for watching AfterBuzz TV
3: on YouTube. For more of your favorite aftershows and interviews, subscribe to our channel here. And be sure to share your opinion on the episode in the comment section below here. We'd love to see what you guys are buzzing about. Thanks again. Buzz you later.